Hey, Lisa. Hey, hey. So good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you too. So we are uh, starting a brand new show together. We are. This is our, uh, this is, this is virgin territory. <laughs> this is totally virgin territory. And I'm just so excited to do this. Um, you know, I think that this is, uh, this is going to be a really, really cool show. Um, it's going to be called The Art of Practice. And every month we're going to take sort of a deep dive into uh, sort of the nooks and crannies of integral life practice, how to bring more artistry and mastery to our own practices and to how we live our lives and how we show up in the world. And um, Lisa, I can't think of anyone better to co-host this show with than you. You're one of my favorite people. You've, we've been working together off and on for years. Um, I absolutely love you. Plus, of everyone I work with, your name is the closest to sounding like a total superhero. Lisa Ross. <laughs> oh my god that's funny so uh it's good to have you here yeah thank you it's good to be here and likewise i'm totally excited to be doing this with you and uh, i have just loved what you've been bringing to the integral community and in these live formats um all of your podcasts all of all of all of it has been fantastic and so to be part of it is actually really exciting to me oh thank you thank you and you know feel free to tell me more anytime you want Okay. Um, so I thought basically, you know, I want to start by really introducing you to the audience. Like I said, you've been here for years, um, but a lot of the work that we do, you know, I, I was just talking about this recently with some friends, how, you know, Integral is, is this iceberg and everyone sees sort of this little 10% tip that's sticking, up, sticking above the surface. And so few people have a sense of just how much is going on behind the scenes and how much, you know, organization it takes to to get this all together. So, you know, just so people know, Lisa is not only one of our main uh, practice leaders on the, our new integral life practice platform, but she's also our main cat herder. So <laughs> Lisa is responsible for coordinating all of these different practice leaders um, who, you know, live just all over the world, really, right? I mean, we've got practice leaders in multiple continents and um, and Lisa is responsible for basically putting all of that together, assembling this weekly robust practice calendar um, that includes practice sessions and all these different categories, which we'll talk about later when we actually sort of introduce the platform itself. Um, but you do so much hard work and so much amazing work behind the scenes. And then you show up for these practice sessions and you have this amazing diversity of practice sessions that you lead and people just absolutely love it. And they can't seem to get enough of, of your sessions. Um, so I wanted to take this opportunity just to give you kind of a, a you know, a soapbox. I want you to introduce yourself. Just <laughs> okay. what brought you here? What got you so interested in practice? And what makes you so awesome? Ah, oh, okay. Thanks. Uh, yeah. So actually, you know, yeah, we've, we've been, we've been sort of weaving around each other's lives for a lot of years now. And um, <clears throat> I found Integral uh, back in, I would say 2006-ish. Uh, I actually went to JFK University for a master's degree in consciousness studies is where I started. Um, and then I was told by somebody, uh, well, you know, all the, all the smart people are in integral psychology. And my Enneagram 3 went, what? <laughs> what? What's that? And so uh, I checked it out. And actually, I had to take a, an integral psychology course as part of consciousness studies. And I loved it. It was the first time I'd been exposed to Ken's work and, um, and a variety of other of others. And um, I was just so enthralled. And so I remember actually looking on the back of the integral psychology book, and it was talking about, um, it was talking about, uh, not integral life at that time, but um, integral yeah, institute, I think, yeah. yeah. And um, and then I, I I went and took a look at, at what Ken was up to, and I thought, you know what, one day I think, because integral life, I think at that time had already been born, um, but it was in a different rendition than it is today. And I was like, one day I think I want to work for integral life. So weirdly, fast forward um, a couple of years, not actually even very long, uh, and I went through the, I finished my, my master's in integral psychology. I went through um, integral coaching through integral coaching Canada. And I was approached by integral coaching Canada to actually partner with integral life to bring forward integral coaching oh, to the audience. Awesome. 
And so I was really surprised. And, uh, and that's how I ended up working with you, um, back in 2007 ish. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it was, uh, it was quite a wild ride there for a while as we were trying to get that beast off the ground. Um, and of course it was right. We were launching right as we were hitting, um, the recession. Yep. Um, and so it was, uh, you know, it was, it was quite the, quite the challenge and, and, uh, and, and quite the opportunity. And, um, and I, you know, and at that point I was, I had dropped deep into my own practice, um, my own integral life practice and, uh, and was also, uh, coaching, uh, teams, coaching individuals, coaching, um, executives doing a lot of coaching, Um, and then, you know, it's been ever since then, it's been kind of a wild ride of, of, of coaching and practice and facilitation. And I was part of, um, Chrysalis, which some people may or may not be aware of that endeavor with, uh, Rob Smith. And, um, we were getting a, you know, a very robust, uh, practice platform off the ground in the version of a mobile app. Um, so I did a ton of the writing of practices for that. Um, and then after that, I ended up uh, out in the business coaching world for quite some time and mm-hmm. running operations um, for a, a pretty big business coaching uh, company. So I've been doing a lot in the coaching in the coaching industry um, and a lot in <clears throat> in bringing practice to you know people teams and and executives, leaders, whatever, um, for a long time. Um, so when I was talking to Rob about the fact that he wanted to get ILP off the ground uh, at Integral Life, I was an all-in. Yeah. <laughs> I was an all-in, which is how I came back around, um, and you know, am, am now involved with the team again. And it's been a joy. It's been a, a real pleasure. Um, yeah, so I, and I get to bring all of the stuff that I've learned in all of the places that I've been and all the ways that I've helped others into uh, facilitating practice for, for groups here in a live format, which is super duper cool. Awesome. Oh, it's yeah. a great story. It's a great story. And I love sort of, um, I really resonated with you when you were like, I can see my path right now. I want to work with Integral Life. Yeah. And you just put, you put yourself in a position to make that happen. I, yeah, that was my similar story, I started to fall in love with Ken's work back in 96 or so. And I just so completely fell in love with the work. And it, it, helped, it was so beneficial to me personally, helped me kind of put myself back together in so many ways. That I was like, this is it. This is I want to bend my life around this. I'm going to work with this guy. And I moved out to Colorado and, you know, I often say showed up like a puppy dog on his on his doorstep. And, uh, you know, somehow all these years later, <laughs> they oh, haven't gotten rid of me yet. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's something that we see when we get exposed to this stuff. It's like all of a sudden, this is like the most important thing in my world. And I know I'm never putting this toothpaste back in the tube. Right. I mean, this is this is here now. This is life now. Um, So let's find ways to, you know, I mean, the nice thing about Integral and this will kind of transition us into talking about the platform. But the really nice thing about Integral is it really, really does an amazing job of giving us this map that we can use to navigate our own lives the world out there, you know, um, sort of going out into the wilderness. Another thing I liked about your story, you've spent a lot of time in the integral treehouse, but you've also spent a lot of time in the wilds. So mm-hmm. you're, you're able to bring kind of both wisdoms together. Um, so we've spent a lot of time here at Integral Life really doing a lot of map making and talking about theory and talking about talking and talking about practice and, <laughs> you know, a lot of talking about talking about talking, um, which has been great. I mean, they're wonderful conversations. I mean, we've got this massive archive of Ken Wolber talking to some of the, just the smartest people on the planet on Integral Life. But the one thing that was always kind of missing was this really inactive kind of piece. It's nice to have this map and, you know, this really well-constructed map that's really, really helpful. But now it's time for us to actually start living in the territory. And I think that this is where practice becomes critical. You know, Ken often talks about the, the difference between something like translation and transformation. Translation is how we talk about sort of how we make sense of reality, how we make sense of our own experiences, how we communicate these things to other people. Whereas transformation is exactly that. It's actually having these firsthand transformative inside out 
experiences. And what integral life practice is trying to do is bring map and territory together into one cohesive whole so that we can, you know, be our very best selves. And so we can do our very best work in the world and exert influence and hopefully leave this place a little bit better than we found it. So we decided indeed to um, kick off this integral life practice platform, which I see as this revolutionary sort of maturation of integral life itself, but also the, the larger community and the people who are showing up here. Um, and that's been, that's been really incredible to, to, to see. I am wholeheartedly 100% with what you just said. I think that, um, you know, we have done a tremendous amount of diving into the theory, of, of progressing the theory. Um, we've done a lot on the cognitive line is how I would describe it. <laughs> and we haven't done, in my opinion, enough on some of the other lines, um, enough on bringing it into our lives, enough on bringing it into our businesses, enough on bringing it into our relationships and, um, and into our own uh, sense of how we actually um, navigate the world. Yeah. Um, and that's where the practice part really comes in. So it's like, you know, Ken talks about the fact that, yeah, the cognitive line generally leads, right. Which in my experience has been completely true and it can lead like, you know, it can lead like two, even two stages beyond where we are actually hanging out in the rest of our lives. Which so gets we problematic. May, Yes, which is totally problematic. So it's like, it's like the difference between insight and embodiment, right? So it's like, and, and I love this because um, Integral Coaching Canada actually uh, goes into this quite a lot. So I'm deeply, deeply in, in that, um, in that uh, 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 teaching as well. And so what they, you know, what, what they basically talk about is like, when we are developing, when we are, when we are really working, working with ourselves, um, the first thing that comes online is the insight. And for me, it's like, yeah, that's the reason why uh, we've, we've been so prolific in forwarding the, in forwarding the cognitive aspect of the map, um, forwarding the cognitive aspect of the theory. And that's appropriate. But the thing is, is that in order for us to actually live it, in order for us to really um, I don't know, become it, right? We have to embody it and embodiment happens through practice and it happens through practice in a variety of ways, um, which is why I've been so excited about the, the ILP platform because what we're trying to do is bring, you know, we talk about, we talk about um, waking up, cleaning up, showing up and growing up, right. Mm-hmm. As sort of the four pillars of what it means to really embody this as, um, as, as we move through our own developmental journey. And it's important for us to be doing things along all of those vectors. Uh, and so I think ILP is doing a really good job of, of actually giving people the opportunity to practice in those variety of ways so that they can round out their own developments so that we aren't like so divorced for, you know, our cognitive line isn't so far ahead of where we are showing up in our lives. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm a yes to everything that you said. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's all beautifully said. And, you know, and the other thing I want to mention too, is it's not like integral life practice is all together new, um, you know, to the integral community. I mean, we did our integral life practice starter kit back in 2007, 2008 or so, maybe even maybe even earlier, 2005. Jeez, I've been here forever. Yeah, I'm a trusty time. old man and I can't, I can't keep my memory <laughs> straight anymore. Um, so, you know, it's, 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 it's not a new idea by any means. However, it's really interesting for me to see how, to see the ways that we hold ILP and how that has evolved over the years. So when we first came out with the ILP kit, I mean, it was a very rigid, I mean, I would call it a very sort of hyper-masculine approach to practice. We would use words like it's modular and it's scalable and it's, you know, all these kind of, you know, very, very masculine sounding words. And it was, it was very categorical. It was basically, well, you got body and you got mind and you got spirit and you got shadow. We later added relationships, right? But these are just kind of big, inert, empty categories, which is nice on the one hand, because it's content free and it makes you feel like, okay, well, I can bring whatever practices I'm doing into this framework, right? But that I think we're, we're, we're asking a lot of the people who are engaging in practice to sort of bring this themselves and to, to put meat on the bones themselves. 
I think one of the biggest evolutions is how we're actually holding this thing and how we're putting new meat on the bones ourselves. So we've kind of warmed things up a little bit. So we're not just talking about body, mind, spirit, shadow, for example. We're talking grow up, wake up, clean up, show up. I mean, we're using real, I mean, this isn't like a marketing ploy at all, but this is real benefit-driven language that's, that's being used to sort of illuminate what these practices actually provide for us and how they can, you know, help us lead more fulfilling lives. And so when you look at sort of the practices that we're offering, it's not just like, you know, body practice, lift weights for, you know, 30 minutes or something like that. I mean, we have these really, really warm and inviting titles um, that I think are actually helping people more deeply engage particular facets of their being, right? And these pain points and these challenges, um, in a much warmer, friendlier, more accessible way than just sort of dropping a dry, inert, empty framework on their head and saying, figure it out. Right. You know what I mean? So that's that's something I really, really appreciate about this practice is how it, it does feel like there's more integration between sort of, I'll just call it feminine and, and masculine kind of polarities in a, in a certain sense. Um, and I think our community's feeling it too. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit from you just about your experience of the practice community um, as they've showed up for your sessions and as you've heard feedback from other sessions. I mean, this is this has really been sort of extraordinary, hasn't it? Oh, it's been so extraordinary. And let me actually, before I answer that, let me go back to what you're saying about sort of the masculine and feminine, because mm -hmm. another important aspect of the ILP practice platform as it stands today is that it's community, it's community driven. Like it's it's all about being in community and practicing together. And this, this really allows for a whole different element, like very, very different than, you know, the kit <laughs> that you're doing, that you're doing in your bedroom alone, right? Like this is, this is an opportunity to drop into even deeper practice because we get to do it together. And in some of the practices, it might look like, you know, yeah, we're meditating, we're meditating together. And then we're, we're talking about what that meditation was like together. So that's one way, but in other practices, we're actually doing the, the practice of relating with each other. Um, we are dropping into deeper intimacy with each other in very, in very targeted uh, ways that open things up for, for us and for everybody else in the room. So there's something that comes online when we begin to do this stuff together. That is so exciting to me. Yeah. Uh, can, can I, can I, double, I just want to double because that's such, yeah. I mean, I can track this in my own personal experience. Cause you know, again, I've been here a lot. I've been here 18 years, right? I've, I grew up in a role in this space. Right. Um, and you know, so it's not like practice has been alien to me. I'm, 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 I'm practiced. Right. I've done a lot of practices over over my journey. And yet, because the vast majority of those practices I was doing, you know, solo, I was very it was, it was a solitary practice. Right. You've only got yourself when you're sort of this lonely integral island and you're just trying to kind of pull yourself up. So, you know, I kind of had this sense of like, OK, I, you know, I, I sort of I have a basic familiarity with practice. Not, not I wouldn't call it a fluency, but a familiarity with it. I can feel the fruits of my own practice. And then I started doing shows like this, right? Relating with people in real time. And I could actually immediately feel how head up I was. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I could feel how sort of I had this cognitive distance. I had this hesitance to really connect. And the simple act of bringing the fruits of our practice to each other and relating within a container, right? Within this sort of I mean, a, a, a sacred practiced container. Um, it's everything. It's been everything to me. I have grown more over the last year and a half or so, two years of doing these shows just by showing up for the audience, getting over my own bullshit to get on camera. But more importantly, interacting with folks like you and getting real time feedback and forming these relationships and and going deep and having this real-time connection, it's it's brought everything else online in a so much of a fuller and more fulfilling way. So I think that that second person piece, that community piece is absolutely critical here. And I think it's it's the real sort of exciting emergent of, yeah. um, of what we're doing with this platform. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that, um, and what it does is 
<clears throat> rather than, you know, whatever benefits we're going to get from the practice, right? The practice itself, we get those benefits, but because we're doing them together and because we are interacting in very particular ways, we're actually um, helping each other elevate our own practice mm. in ways that push us all forward together. Um, so in my, my opinion, we aren't just, it, it's like, it's like the, there's a, there's an exponential, um, a component to, to the practice. It becomes something that can exponentially drive the entire uh, community forward in some really, really beautiful and exciting ways um, that aren't available if you're just doing practice alone in your living room, right? They just, <laughs> it's not actually available. So right. yeah, and, and I would say that back to your original question, um, that the feedback that we've gotten from our audience is, is indicating exactly that. Um, that the, the feedback on the practices has been fantastic, but then you also get the feedback on what it was like to break into dyads to debrief or what it was like to do a particular practice with four people, um, what it was like to do it in the main room and then have everybody share, you know, what their experience was like the, 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 the community is pointing back to that experience of being in community as one of the biggest benefits to the practices that we're offering right now, which is, which is awesome. So we just see it over and over again in the feedback surveys. Oh, that's beautiful. And, you know, and it makes total sense because, I mean, not only is this going to resonate with people just individually where they are in their lives and especially after this year of COVID and quarantine where we're just all, you know, being forced to be separate from each other in the first place. Um, this to me feels like a panacea for, you know, our times in a certain kind of way. And not just because like, you know, again, because of the quarantine, we're all forced to, you know, sort of avoid each other, but it's just the shape of the world today where everything is so fragmented. Everything is so, there's so much chaos and conflict and antagonism, even within our own integral community, right? We see these same kind of patterns and tensions and conflicts. And so much of that is because the vast majority of integral discourse is taking place on these disembodied postmodern social media platforms where you have to, you know, I often say you have to consciously bring as much embodied awareness to your online interactions as we unconsciously do when we're face to face. And that's really, really hard to do. And I think that that can end up becoming very, very disruptive for a community because, you know, the types of things that I see flying around sometimes in integral spaces and other spaces, it's like if these two people were actually standing in the same room together in front of each other and had to look each other in the eye and have a conversation, there is no way you would say this shit. I mean, half this, you know, half the stuff would get you a punch in the face. Right. <laughs> but there's this distance with social media that I, you know, I think can be very um, fragmenting for for the general population as much as for the integral community itself. So I see practice as being like we decided to launch a platform that's going to cut directly against this grain. Right. Here's the direction that sort of this postmodern world is pushing us in, you know, that Facebook is pushing us in, that Twitter is pushing us in, et cetera. We're going to cut against that grain and we're going to prioritize actual human connection. Right. Um, and that to me just feels, it's so simple, <laughs> right? But so profound. Um, yeah. It really is so profound. Yeah. And it's interesting because you were talking about how, you know, it's kind of like it was, it was a just in time offering because of COVID, right? And, um, and the truth of the matter is, is that so many of our community members are, you know, that they were already feeling uh, cut off in some ways because we are still a pretty major minority. Yeah. Um, people who are interested in integral, people who are actually dropping into uh, self-development work on a whole at this level. We're a small, we're a small percentage of the population at large. And, um, and it can be lonely, <laughs> it can be lonely. And so, um, so yeah, so Integral Life has been doing a great job with, um, with allowing people to drop into the conversations that will help them feel like, oh, I'm not the only one, but now we're actually getting to be with each other in a much more um, intimate and vulnerable way that is actually creating uh, you know, friendships and yeah. practice partners and accountability groups and all of these things that I think have been missing in people's lives um, at this, at the, you know, in, in this particular 
segment of the population. Like it's it's been kind of missing in a lot of ways. So it's very, very exciting to to see people really flourish. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are people now who are in the in the community that are living alone, you know, they are totally cut off, or they're living with people who are at uh, various other stages, um, sometimes in conventional stages, it can feel very, very lonely and alienating. And so this has been I think a um, a beautiful opportunity for people to experience who they are at all levels, who they can be, um, to challenge themselves, and to really show up in ways that they're capable of showing up, and in ways that they're stretching into um, in real time. So mm, yeah. it's, been, it's been awesome. Yeah, no, it's beautifully said. Um, you know, the other thing I really like too is that when it comes to introducing people to integral or people who are just starting to kind of, you know, get this itch, um, integral life practice offers such a wonderful and direct way to give someone an authentic integral experience, Mm -hmm. right? Right now in this moment, without having to read a series of 30 pound books and learn words like quadrants and levels and lines and states and types, all that is important too. I'm not downplaying obviously, the cognitive, you know, elements here, but just to be able to kind of set that aside and just find your seat, right. And find your ground with others who are, you know, like-minded, like-hearted, um, and just to, you know, have the opportunity to be yourself for a moment or two is for a lot of people. It's like, it's like they've been holding their breath for decades and they finally get, you know, a little bit of oxygen in their lungs. It's, um, it's exciting and it's warm and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's powerful. It's definitely yeah. powerful. The other thing I like about it, Lisa, bringing this practice thing online is it allows me to completely recontextualize everything I've been doing. So I can say, Hey, all of these cognitive dialogues, this is, this is just part of the, your growing up practice guys. You want a growing up practice? Just listen to integral life podcast every week. That's a growing up practice. And that makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> I love that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's funny because, um, uh, you know, I think, I think we were talking about this the other day when we were talking about this, doing the show together and how we've been, you know, we've been traditionally in the waking up territory, um, when it comes to so much of the content that we've put out over the years. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that makes a lot of sense and it's a big draw, but the truth of the matter is, is that unless we're doing the growing up and the cleaning up and the showing up work, um, we are actually missing a huge part of what it means to be living at at second tier, um, and what it means to be embodied at second tier and what it means to be offering our gifts at second tier. And so, yeah, there's a way that, you know, I just am so excited that, you know, we get to see these practices in, in all of those places and people are starting to bridge like the people that were, mostly interested in the waking up are now starting to get into some of the cleaning up and the, yeah. you know, and the, and the showing up and growing up. And that just makes me so thrilled um, because I, uh, well, because I get to see them then, cause I'm not, not traditionally the more waking up practices. <laughs> I'm more traditionally the cleaning up, showing up, growing up practices. Um, so I'm getting to see more and more people who've been, you know, at home in the meditation practices that are wanting to now bridge into some other deep work. Mm. And, uh, and that's been, that's been really gratifying. Well, as you and I talk about often, I mean, it's not like these are totally discrete categories. I yeah. mean, so many of the practices that we do are, you know, they, they, they fit into multiple, even if it leads with one, it fits into multiple because these things all, you know, they, 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 they co-evolve together. And in fact, I mean, I would say that, you know, there's a certain point in your growing up process that then requires cleaning up, waking up and showing up. It, it becomes part of the territory itself. It's no longer enough to just have this sort of cognitive track or skill development or anything like that. You hit a particular altitude and then you're just sort of, you know, it, it gets rubbed in your face. Like, okay, no, I've got, I've got this whole litany of other practices and other just blind spots and weak points, you know, that I've been ignoring in my life. And my altitude of consciousness now is telling me that I got to do something about it. I will not feel complete or whole or happy unless I'm actively doing something about it. It becomes like that, that itch you can't scratch. You know, you're, you're neglecting something and there's a new part of your mind that's telling you, you can't neglect this anymore. 
And it's funny because that comes out of the growing up process, but it kind of pushes us into these other kinds of practices. Um, yeah. And yeah, I would actually say that, you know, this is sort of like when we talk about horizontal and vertical development mm -hmm. um, and we think of, oh, vertical is all about going forward, right? It's all about, it's all about some trajectory that we're on. But the truth of the matter is, is that um, we aren't fully there. Like we aren't fully at this vertical place wherever we think we are, unless we've done the horizontal work that allows us to integrate and have that be our center of gravity. And so regardless of, you know, how much we want to preference vertical work or vertical development, the truth is, is that horizontal development on behalf of vertical development is actually going to get you there, right. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's and, right. and we have to integrate, we have to be able to integrate. And this is also, you know, one of the things you start to see where, where this, where this hasn't happened when you, when you begin to when you begin to see people in our community um, who have done a tremendous amount of understanding integral and really cognitively grasping it in, in such a beautiful way, but their marriages are falling apart mm -hmm. or the, you know, or they're, they're, they're not able to, um, they're not able to enact what they need to through their business or their career, or, you know, they're, they're, they don't have, they don't have uh, any, any friends um, that, you know, any real depth in, in, in friendships or like there's a variety of ways where you can see that there are things that are missing. Right. And when you see those things missing, it is because we haven't integrated certain pieces of ourselves that actually need to be integrated. The other place you can see this really profoundly is when we have not fulfilled on the promise of second tier, which is being able to turn around and uh, and understand the value and gifts of each of the stages and be yes. able to actually feel those stages within ourselves and to be able to draw on those strengths that came from those stages because they are our foundation. Um, when we can't do that, it means that we are not embodied and at center of gravity and second tier and we've got work to do. Beautiful. No, I, I could not agree more. I could not agree more. And in fact, you have a practice session that focuses uh, exactly on this. You've got an integrating previous stages. Um, and this is such a critical, I mean, you, you, you just brought up um, a number of really, really important points, but you know, one of them I think is that it can be tempting to have sort of low resolution understandings of what something like growing up actually means, right? We can have this sense of like, um, integral is this destination. And once I'm there, I'm there, right? Or like I, I'm at green or I'm at integral. Well, first off, you are a very complex <laughs> hold on. You've got a lot of different capacities, a lot of different skills, a lot of different challenges and, and, and all of that. So, so nobody is ever at any of these and any of these things. And in fact, I think that sort of overly concretizing our development can be an impediment to development. We start to relate to these things again, as a destination and not as a process, you know, that's been one of my big things is starting to relate to growing up more and more as this ongoing moment to moment process. It's not a question of like bringing Corey from here to here. It's about how is, I mean, I'll use the language from another one of our practice. How am I showing up at a particular time in a particular context? What aspects of my, you know, sort of mental capacities am I drawing upon? And knowing that that slides up and down based on what I'm doing, who I'm around, et cetera. So when we continue to develop through these stages of, of development, we're not fully leaving a stage, right? And then finding a new stage. I mean, these things transcend and include. There's rungs in the ladder that get included as we go. And if we start neglecting those rungs and all sorts of pathologies and so forth, new, neuroses, um, and suffering can emerge. So you've got this practice that's really helping people sort of reown. And it's sort of a combination, one of these hybrid practices. It's both a growing up practice and a cleaning up practice because yeah. you're actually going back and you're reowning some of these dissociated pieces of previous stages that we might have maybe overly aggressively disidentified with um, as we can, you know, as we're trying to reach up to to new handholds and footholds and, and all of that. Is that a, is that a fair way of describing your practice? Yeah, I think it is. Um, and you know, one of the things that, that, uh, one of, one of the, uh, main pieces of feedback I've gotten around that practice actually is that it's helped people fill out a much more, um, dynamic understanding of each of the stages 
uh, rather than sort of a caricature of the stages, right? Because we do collapse, you know, this is part of language. Whenever we label something, um, it's very helpful because then we can get all, all on the same page about what we're talking about, or at least to some extent. Um, but it also collapses things. Um, mm -hmm. And then we begin to shortcut our way around that collapse. And we think that it, it, it encompasses the whole idea. So when we talk about red or amber or orange or green, um, what usually arises for us are the negative qualities, yep. <laughs> right? The negative qualities of those stages and, um, and kind of a caricature of what those stages are about. And mm -hmm. it's not true. Yep. Um, it's not, it's not accurate. And so for us to be able to um, transcend and include, it does mean being able to own those gifts. And it be, it, that means being able to recognize the value that each of those bring to the table uh, and not collapsing it down into just the pathologies of any, any given stage. Yeah. You know, we often say integral is sort of like a simplicity on the other side of a whole lot of complexity, That's right? right? But there's a pre-trans there. Yes. Right. Because you can, you know, Ken is very, very good at sort of taking these massively complex topics and just sort of giving you a beautiful single paragraph poem that ties it all together. You know, it's a simplicity on the other side of a lot of complexity. But if you enact that without having a full sense of what that complexity is. OK, so I, I've got this sense of growing up, but I am not just one line of development. I'm not just a node. I mean, I am this whole human being with an all, you know, all parts of me are constantly evolving at all times in different ways. And you know, it becomes a much more dynamic, I think, sense of, of, uh, of your own human potential and your own ongoing development, yeah. um, you know, and, and being able to go back to these stages is, is curative in so many ways, because, you know, another mistake that we often made is we sort of, um, we assign sort of emotional projections to these stages, right? Like anger, that's red. All right. anger is suddenly <laughs> red. Right. Uh, it's like, well, I don't know if you've ever been around a pissed off postmodernist, but <laughs> there's a different expression of anger that comes through there. So it's like, you know, cleaning up sort of our, our understanding of these stages as we go, separating the emotional content and saying, no, anger can actually come through red in a particular way, can come through amber in a particular way, et cetera, up and down the spiral. It's useful because then when I'm having a reaction to something, I can just kind of step back, you know, try to find that construct aware space that's able to see what I'm doing as I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. And I can kind of, I can just notice, you know, I can just notice, even if I don't do anything about it or intervene, I can just know I'm being a red asshole right now. And <laughs> it's okay. I'm going to let myself be a red asshole. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what also strikes me about that and you kind of touched on this uh, previously was that um, we do span multiple levels at any given time. We aren't just at one level. You know, Vina Sharma talks uh, quite a lot about this, and so and so does Suzanne Kugreuter, and and about the fact that we are probably spanning three levels of development at any given time. Um, we have footholds in you know some of the previous stages. We've got um, handholds and maybe some other stages that we haven't really fully been able to bring ourselves up to yet. And then we've got the center of gravity in whatever stage that that is. Um, so it isn't accurate to say we are a level or a stage of development. Uh, it's it's far more accurate to say that we are spanning at least three at least three stages at any given time. And that means that to whatever degree we are trying to disidentify with previous stages and making them wrong, we are actually cutting aspects of ourselves off. Uh, we are creating shadow material. We are disidentifying with important pieces of our own psyches. And then, you know, then at some point that's going to catch up. Right. No, yeah. No. Ken often talks about, he uses the metaphor of ladder climber view. And yeah. the idea is that, you know, the lad, the developmental ladder, these are all composed of different rungs. And as we go through our life, we climb up the ladder. And from wherever we are in the ladder, we have a particular view of reality. And when we climb up to the next rung, we no longer have that view of reality. We have a new view of reality. Um, and I oftentimes link this to um, the feeling of nostalgia, which is actually this desire to go back to a previous view that you can never recapture. You have a memory of how you saw the world once upon a time but you literally cannot dip back into that view. So it kind of gives us this haunting, nostalgic feeling that you can never, you know, you can never really scratch that itch. That's because it's composed of a view that's no longer available to you. And oftentimes as we're, I think we're developing, 
as we're trying to find something to push off of, right? We're trying, like, let's say I, 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 I self-identify as integral, so I feel myself pushing off of green, for example. Well, are you pushing off of green views or are you pushing off of sort of the green rungs in the ladder? Because those are two very, very different things. And it helps us remember that no matter where we are in our own development, our view, A, typically lags behind our cognition by a stage or two, but it takes time to push our views through this sort of these new algorithms that we have kind of bouncing around in our head. So we begin to notice that so much of my view is like not necessarily integral and how I enact your view isn't necessary. I'm straw manning something or I'm, I'm getting something wrong because I'm, I'm not responding to you. I'm responding to my view of your view. And that just becomes sort of a, something that traps us and that keeps us um, confused and keeps us in this confrontational antagonistic mindset because by definition, no one has a 100% complete view. Ken Wilber doesn't have a 100% complete view. It's like saying, are you fully educated? It, it doesn't make sense. Um, so I think keeping this in mind as we're engaging in these kinds of practices, again, it just enriches our experience of each other because suddenly we're, we, we're reminded that like, okay, my view isn't nearly as important as the world is convincing me that it is. And I can step <laughs> You know, I can set this aside for a little while and just be a human fucking being with you for a few moments. And then we can bitch at each other and about politics and whatever. Um, but finding that that point of contact first and being able to just set this stuff aside, setting the, all the identity stuff aside um, is huge. And that's that's exactly what I think practice the practice platform is um, providing to people. Yep. And what strikes me too is that, you know, when we do that and we're willing to do that work, what we have access to beyond, beyond some of the things we've already talked about is a greater degree of compassion for each other, um, but also a greater degree of self-compassion, right? Because to, 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 you know, when we are trying to um, push off of anything, when we're trying to disidentify with anything, um, we're essentially making something wrong about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And to the degree that we continue to do that, we also project that out onto others. Um, and so part of that healing work is actually to find that self-compassion for wherever we are in our own developmental journey. And there's nothing wrong with where we are. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually quite healthy to be where we are and to recognize where we are and say, hey, that's okay. And here are the areas that I feel like I actually want to focus on now. And um, because I can see that they are holding me back in some ways of fully expressing in the way that I want to. And, um, but by, by approaching that from a place of self-compassion, um, we actually get to uh, do that more quickly and, uh, and more and more holistically. Like it's, it's a real, you know, we, we, we really get to do it in a, in a way that sticks. And, um, and that gives us more compassion for each other. And so then when we start talking about what does it mean to actually um, heal the divide or, you know, what does it mean to actually, um, you know, talk to people at other stages of development and how do we reach them and how do we come to some kind of common understanding and common ground? Well, it has to begin with having compassion. <laughs> it has to begin there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they have a right to be where they are too in their own development, um, just like we do. And so it has to begin from that foundation. And then, then we begin to be able to see different ways that we can interject or, or intervene or, or offer other ideas that they might have access to. Um, but it has to come from that place of compassion first, in my view. Totally. Compassion for yourself, compassion yeah. for others. Yeah. hundred percent. That's beautiful. Well, Lisa, we've got about 15 minutes left. Mm -hmm. um, there's two things I, I'm thinking maybe we can do. Um, first off, it occurs to me as people are watching this, there might be some people who aren't necessarily totally familiar with this language. Um, mm -hmm. And that's okay, too. So I, you know, they hear us using terms like wake up, grow up, clean up, show up. Maybe we spend a few minutes just kind of letting people know what we mean by that. And then I want to talk about some of the actual uh, sort of practice series that you are leading on Integral Life uh, so we can invite people uh, to join um, because you're doing some really, really, really interesting stuff in the platform. Great. Um, so yeah, sound good? Yeah, sounds great. So sounds wake great. up, grow up, clean up, show up. So these are four phrases mm -hmm. that we use as sort of a heuristic shorthand for the different types of practices and the different kinds of benefits that can emerge from those practices. 
So we can start with wake up. Mm-hmm. Wake up is usually, um, usually in for a spiritual practice. And it doesn't matter what sort of spiritual background you come from or lack of a spiritual background you come from. The idea is simply to engage in practices that make us that much more aware of our own awareness, right? It's about creating a a muscle for what we sometimes call meta-awareness, which is just a fancy way of saying being aware of awareness um, itself. Is that that a fair description of waking up? Yeah, I think, um, you know, and, and just being able to develop that sense of witness consciousness um, is, is a strong way of thinking of, of waking up too. It's like, yeah, I love how you said it, in fact. And there are, there are analogs for this consciousness in every major religious tradition. Okay. So you'll often hear Buddhist language being used to describe witness, but you find this in uh, esoteric Christianity, you find this in Judaism, you find this in, you know, it's sort of the idea is a lot of this is coming from the perennial philosophy that Ken has written, you know, dozens and dozens of books sort of um, unpacking. So then we have growing up, Mm. Uh, waking up, then growing up. So growing up basically refers to vertical development, but not just necessarily cognitive development, right? It's not just about learning maps and all that. It's also skill development, or it's really just improving any line of development. And by line of development, I mean, your intellectual capacities, your emotional capacities, your interpersonal capacities, um, all sorts of things, anything that you can do that can be improved, any skill that you have that can be improved, this would fall into a a growing up practice. Is that fair? Yeah, I think so. Um, And I would actually say that because we're talking about skills, that some of that could be horizontal. Um, So it's, but again, it's like this idea of horizontal on behalf of vertical development. Um, And yeah, I think in any of the lines. So, you know, what does it mean to to actually increase your um, development in along the interpersonal line? Well, it means being able to actually um, create meaning together in in a way that is uh, serving of both parties. Right. And that could happen in any kind of context or relationship. Um, but there are skills around being able to do that around, you know, empathic listening and reflecting back and like all these kinds of ideas. Um, but there's also a way in which when we begin to embody those practices where we are, um, they come, they come like second nature to us. It just becomes part of how we navigate the word and ha- world and how we navigate those relationships. So, yeah. So in growing up, it's like we deeply embody the, the very things that we are saying, you know, we, we need to have all the healthy aspects in our lives along relationships or work or, you know, health or whatever. Right? Yeah. I love it. And that was a really, really important correction. Thank you. Gr- uh, growing up actually does, as you say, it applies to vertical growth as well as horizontal growth. Um, and we can sort of unpack that at a future time. What, what, sure. what that means. Uh, then cleaning up. Uh, this is often referred to as shadow work. Uh, mm-hmm. The basic idea is, is as we grow, as we sort of live our lives and have different experiences and traumas and what have you, I mean, the slings and arrows of, of just living a life in the 21st century, the idea is that we accumulate sort of these little shadows as we go. And these shadows are composed of pieces of ourselves that we're uncomfortable with, that we push aside, we push out of our consciousness. But guess what? They're not going anywhere. They're just banging around in the back of your psyche, in the, bas- in the, the basement of your consciousness, and they're causing havoc. They're sabotaging your relationships. They're they're giving you anxiety. They're giving you, you know, states of fear. And you can't even necessarily always track where that fear is coming from. I mean, guess what? It's coming from some piece of yourself that you've disowned a long time ago. And the good news is there's a number of practices available that can help you identify those disowned pieces of self, actually communicate with those pieces of self, and eventually reintegrate. Ken calls this, for example, one version of a shadow practice is the three to one process where you know, I'm in front of someone, they say something, I get very reactive to it. And I'm able to sort of go through these steps of, okay, what am I reacting to? Let's talk to, let's speak to that. Let's pull that in. Let's reintegrate it. And I think it's important to remember that if someone is pissing you off and you do your own shadow work, sometimes at the end of that shadow work, the person in front of you is still an asshole. And that's, <laughs> that's just how it is, right? But the yeah. difference is you re-owned your reactions to that particular asshole at that time. Well, and, right. And, and you're not an asshole too. <laughs> that's right. 
That's right. Yeah. Well, if so, it's like an appropriate, an appropriate amount of. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I would, I would actually say these, I, you know, I, I love that you were talking about that they're, you know, that they're traditionally shadow practice and, um, and yes, I think that that's true, but I would actually prefer to think of them as integration practice. Sure. Uh, because I think that it, that, that, that's ultimately what we're talking about. We're talking about integrating all aspects of ourselves. We're talking about owning all aspects of ourselves, um, and not pushing anything away. And, and, you know, the reason why, yeah. So with shadow, it's like the uncomfortable material, but it's also the unconscious material. Yeah. And we may not have any idea that it's even there, but if we haven't done the integration work, um, then we can be assured that it is there in some way, shape, or form. And usually it, 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 it becomes obvious because of the symptoms of our lives. Right. Yeah. And it's also important to remember that, you know, use word like shadow, not all shadows are dark. There's That's also right. something, for example, called a golden shadow where That's you right. project your greatness onto someone else. And it can be hard to sort of reown that greatness. And, you know, I mean, I've, I had some of that with Ken for years and actually doing the show with him is what helped me sort of reown some of that. Not all of it, but some of it. Ken always looks at me. He's like, "You still have that golden shadow, right?" <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, my I shadow love- shouldn't make you so happy, Ken. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I think that you know, uh, the more that we can come to understand uh, what our shadow is sort of comprised of, the better. Yep. Um, and I, what, what wisdoms it has for us. Yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. Because uh, it's so funny. I, I also trained with Debbie Ford, who this was her entire, you know, her entire um, offering was around owning your shadow. And, uh, and she talked about the, you know, the, the gold, the gold that's in the dark, right? The, the, the gift of the gold in the dark. And, and that's what it really is. Like some of our greatest gifts actually come from this unconscious material. 100%. The actual process of creating shadow itself is actually a healthy coping mechanism that our psychology uses to protect itself. It just, at some point, it needs to find a new strategy to protect itself because its previous strategy is now hurting itself. So it's, you know, yep. it's, it's totally natural, organic, and there's no, that's the important thing is actually removing shame from doing shadow work. So then the last category um, is in a certain way, sort of the broadest category of all, uh, and it's called showing up. And I've got a particular metaphor I like to use for showing up, which is that, you know, using the, the, the four quadrants, the first three, all of our waking up, all of our growing up, all of our cleaning up, tends to be done in the upper left quadrant. There's some lower left stuff there too, but it tends that the focus tends to be, we're doing this all within our own consciousness. With showing up, the way I sort of envision it anyway, it's, it's we're able to bring the fruits of all that work and all that inner practice that we've been doing. And we allow it to spill over into these other quadrants. So this is where we begin to practice things like integral parenting, that's a showing up practice or integral leadership is a showing up practice. Or, you know, you do a number of practice sessions on health and wealth, for example, two great examples of showing up practices. How can I bring this big, beautiful, bold, liberating vision out of my consciousness and begin to saturate it into the world around me and into my own sphere of influence so that truly I'm living an integral life, right? right. This is, this is sort of radiating out of me and it's permeating into everything that I do and everything that I see and really everyone who I encounter. Um, This is, I think the magic of, of showing up. And I, and for me, it's like really where, sort of the rubber hits the road, right? I mean, this is, this is the practice that the world is crying for right now. It's crying for more integral individuals to figure out how to show up more fully, exert more influence and start pulling this thing in a better direction. That's right. That's right. And that's part of the promise of, of, of really being deeply embodied at second tier also is that, you get to find new ways of, of bringing this much more complete um, uh, version of yourself into the world and enact change. Um, you know, I, I'm struck by the fact that activism, for instance, at, at Green mm-hmm. um, looks very different than activism in any of the second tier stages. Um, it's, it becomes a whole different, a different idea. 
Um, and, and that's kind of true of everything. It is true of leadership. It is true of business, um, what it means to actually run a business, um, what it means in our, in some of our systems like healthcare and, and, and government, um, and how can we actually bring all of what we've been learning, all of what we've been practicing, all of who we are becoming into those places and inform, you know, help them to um, fill out wherever they are a little more fully, um, but also begin to interject these ideas and concepts that come from second tier um, and inform how those systems and groups of people are evolving. Um, giving them a sense of what the territory is um, and how do we do that from sort of a role model perspective. And I, yeah, so I, I love that. So wonderfully said. You have a, you have a, a way with words, superhero, Lisa Frost. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> so speaking of your uh, various heroics, um, first off, thank you. That was a great summary of wake up, grow up, clean up, show up, or Wugu Kusu, as I like to call it. Wugu Kusu. <laughs> the four ups. Sometimes we do the four ups. <laughs> the four ups. Yeah, yeah. Diane, and, and Diane yeah. Hamilton likes to add uh, put up and shut up to the list. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like Diane. Um, yeah, and and back to your original point, you know, they none of them are divorced of each other and none of the practices that are on ILP are actually a single one of any of these. Um, they may have a particular emphasis or focus, but the truth is, is that they are endeavoring to actually bring an integral feeling of practice to um, to all the practices. Like it, they have elements of uh, their cross section of some of these. So, yeah. So you're getting, you're, you know, you may be in a cleaning up practice, um, but what you're getting is um, cleaning up, uh, showing up, and maybe a little growing up or whatever the case may be. You're, you're actually getting more than one thing. Totally. Yeah. All right. Well, in the, our, our last few minutes of the show, let's plug the hell out of you, huh? <laughs> so like I said, you've been doing just a, a huge variety of practice sessions on the platform. It's been amazing to see. Um, and some of them really, really stick out. So I want to actually start with one that I think is probably the bravest practice session you've ever done. Mm. And it's one you just did, I think this past weekend, and we're going to be doing oh, yeah. it again in a couple of weeks, um, which was a practiced response to the insurrection at the Capitol building. That's right. And um, you got a really wonderful piece of feedback, and I'm hoping you'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll share it in the show with us. Oh, Corey. <laughs> You're going to make me scare people off. Right, me let, me, let me actually set some context here. So, yeah. So, uh, so the, you know, the reality is, is that what happened at the Capitol brought up a lot of feelings and a lot of responses and reactions from everybody. And I guess the main question is, how can we tell um, what is uh, what is self-righteousness um, and projection versus a more righteous reaction that is in fact coming from second tier. Like what needs to, what needs to be in place for us to tease that apart? How can we tell the difference? And what do we need to do so that we can actually begin to come from more of that place of that clean reaction, as opposed to the reaction that is filtered through, you know, the shadow and filtered through, you know, all the, all the unintegrated aspects of ourselves. And so we, um, uh, we, we did a deep dive. <laughs> we did a deep dive into that. And I had one piece of feedback, which I will share. Um, but I'll also just say that, <laughs> that uh, you have to, you have to hold, you have to hold this, this feedback from, from an integral perspective. That's the invitation. So the piece of feedback was, um, it was, uh, it was, it was, he said, it was frankly a horrible experience that I am profoundly grateful for. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Which for that particular session, I think is, is apropos. Um, we were dealing with some, some difficult material, right? Yeah. So it was a, it was a great, it was a great piece of feedback. That feedback um, is, is, is a good way to know you've done any amount of shadow work right. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah, I definitely had that moment of, yep, my job is done here. Yeah, totally. <laughs> 
So yeah, no, that was good. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a provocative, a provocative session. We're going to be doing a, uh, a, a second segment, um, that'll be different than the first segment. And if you didn't get to join us the first time around, you'll still get a tremendous amount out of the second one. They aren't, um, it, 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 it isn't necessary to have gone to the first one. Right. So I do want to invite people to that. Um, I think we're doing that on the first weekend in February. Um, yeah. And, um, and I would say some of the other, the other ones that, uh, that I've been doing that have been particularly, um, well, that I've had to actually stretch my own comfort zone mm. in order to really bring them to integral life has been around the ethical use of power. Um, that's been a big one and, uh, and healing the divide, um, which I, yeah, which is also very much about, um, about healing the divide within and also healing the divide with others, um, and what that can look like. Um, yeah. So both of those have been, have been, you know, where I've had to do, um, where I've had to actually work my own edge. Uh, and that's been, that's been hugely gratifying. And, and it's, you know, that's an interesting thing to actually put in here is that the, as practice leaders, we are on the journey too. Um, we are practicing with you. We may be practicing in a different way, uh, because we're facilitating, but we're practicing along with you. And so that's another aspect that I think is really dynamic and beautiful about the, about the platform. Such an, also an, an, uh, uh, a critical part of Ken's integral spiritual vision, which is teachers teaching teachers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's wonderful. And then you also have a series on, uh, which I love anti-fragility, which I think is one of the most important concepts. One of the uh, most unfortunately named concepts. We can have a whole talk about how anti-fragility fits into polarity work and all that. But the idea that, you know, there is a natural anti-fragility that comes online at integral altitudes is a really, really important theme. And it's one that you're unpacking through this series of practice sessions. Yeah. And, you know, I think that it's been um, it's been one that has been well attended because the truth of the matter is, is that we have been going through uh, a number of crises, challenges and periods of uncertainty. And to be able to really understand what it takes to not only be resilient, but actually thrive in the midst of all of that is you know, that's a big, that's a big endeavor. Um, so yeah, it's been, that's been a, that's been a, a, a really fun session actually in series to, to lead. Um, I would say that probably one of my favorite ones, um, besides integrating previous stages, because I just love that, um, it was, is actually the finally free series. So this is really mm -hmm. straight up cleaning up, um, and you know, cleaning up on behalf of growing up. Right. But it's, it's cleaning up. Um, and it's cleaning up some of the, the harder things that we've dealt with in the past. Um, so some of the, some of the things that I've, um, I've run in there is, uh, is like forgiving our parents, mm. um, releasing shame and, uh, you know, really bringing online self-compassion. Um, so yeah, it's, we've, we've done some really deep work in there as well. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Yeah. And I think maybe we end by looking forward a little bit. So yeah. you're, you've got something cooking. I do. Um, I do. And it's, 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 and it's the funny thing is it's been cooking for an awfully long time, Lisa. Oh, God, I know. It's been on the stove since like 2008, at least. Yeah, it has. <clears throat> it uh, has. But I'm, but I'm so excited for you to talk about this. Um, yeah. What is the name of it? Your Deepest Yes? Yeah, it's living, oh, living your deepest. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, uh, this is actually something that has been, um, there've been different renditions of it for, for a long time, but never offered in the way that we're going to offer it. So I'm super excited about that. Um, it is going to be a cohort. Um, so we're gonna get to do a deep dive with a group of people who are totally committed to their own growth and development, which is exciting. And it'll be a 12 week journey into really dissolving everything that is, um, is preventing you from experiencing deeper purpose, deeper intimacy and deeper authenticity. Uh, we, are gonna, we are gonna do some of the work that it actually takes to be embodied at second tier and you know, really go into a lot of the material we've talked about today. Um, so, but with, a, with a, you know, a single group that will allow people to actually dive even deeper because we'll create a container of trust and vulnerability that'll be really profound. Um, so I'm very excited about that. That's gonna be in the next few weeks. Um, 
Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of, for me, it's, it's the thing. Um, I've been, I've been committed to living my deepest yes um, for a long time. And I'm excited to bring that to others. I'm excited to see how this, uh, how this unfolds. Um, I I love the title so much. I think I told you before, it has just this beautiful feminine kind of sensuality, but wisdom. And I, I, I love the title. I've always been in love with that title. Um, it's, it's gorgeous. Well, Lisa, this has been our first show. What do you think? I think we did it. <laughs> I, I, I feel pretty good about this. I feel like we did it. <laughs> yeah. I hope our audience agrees. Um, so again, this is going to be something we're going to be doing once a month. Yeah. Uh, probably we're going to keep this schedule last Tuesday of the month, I think. Um, seems, yep. seems to feel pretty right. Um, in the meantime, Lisa, just thank you so much for everything you do for, you know, behind the scenes, in front of the, in front of the curtain, um, you know, and just thanks for being such an amazing friend to myself oh. and uh, the integral audience as a whole. Thank you. Thank you, Corey. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you. And I really love working with you. So your words mean a lot. So thank oh, you. Awesome. Feelings yeah. mutual. And everyone, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'm sorry we couldn't get to your questions and answers today. We definitely will next time. Uh, and in the meantime, if you have any you know questions from this episode that you want us to address next time, let us know in the comments below, wherever this happens to be posted on Integral Life or YouTube or Facebook, whatever. Let us know your questions. We'll bring them into the next episode where we are going to be taking a deep dive into the Integral Enneagram. That's going to be a really fun, juicy episode. Yay. Um, <laughs> in the meantime, Lisa, thank you so much. I love you. I love you too. Thank you. Right. And we'll see All you guys right. soon. Bye. Bye.